for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to today's Living Life. Uh, I remember when I first became a pastor, uh, I was warned by my uh, pastors who were here before me. I was warned to be very careful with my words, uh, especially when speaking in front of someone who was in pain or grieving or going through a problem of their own. You know, I remember I experienced the other side of this when I was faced with a very, a very personal struggle, uh, something that was outside of my control, when someone around me told me that this had happened to me because I had not prayed enough to God. And I thought, hmm, I'm not 100% sure if I agree with that person. And more than anything, uh, it caused more hurt and pain inside of me. You know, oftentimes when we think that we are right, uh, even theologically, it can make us bold and confident. But it could also make us crass and make us even think that it is our responsibility to be able to share this truth in that very moment, even with someone who is in pain. You know, today's passage, we continue to look at this encounter uh, between Job and his friend Zophar. And we see that not everything is always so easily about what is right and wrong. And more importantly than being right is often being humble and loving and seeking God, especially in those very difficult moments. So with that spirit of humility and love, uh, let's take a look at today's passage together. Job chapter 11, verses 12 through 20. But the witless can no more become wise than a wild donkey's cult can be born human. Yet if you devote your heart to him and stretch out your hands to him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then free of fault you will lift up your face, you will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as waters gone by. Life will be brighter than noonday, and darkness will become like morning. You will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and take your rest in safety. You will lie down with no one to make you afraid, and many will court your favor. But the eyes of the wicked will fail, and escape will elude them. Their hope will become a dying gasp. In today's passage, uh, we see the second half of this encounter between Job and his friend Zophar. Uh, initially, Zophar rebukes Job and tells him that Job deserves all that had happened to him, that it is Job's fault, that his sins had caused his situation to happen. And in today's passage, uh, we see jo Zophar offer advice to Job and how Job can recoup his losses and be made whole again uh, through repentance and through asking God. And though it appears that what Zophar says is actually correct, especially in this section on repentance, uh, it's actually pretty difficult to agree fully with what Zophar is doing. You know, for Zophar, it's very easy to blame Job. Uh, it's his fault that all these terrible things are happening. Uh, it's easy for Zophar to believe that because that is the way that he believes in God. That is the basis of his faith. But we know, because we know the full story, that this is not true. So, then why is all of this happening? 
What is the root cause of suffering and pain and losses? You know, for any instance of evil and suffering and pain in this world, uh, one thing that we can be sure of is that sin is the cause of it. Uh, perhaps not Job's own personal sin, but because of the sin that exists in this world. You know, for Job, it wasn't a cause and effect situation. It wasn't his sin that led to his situation. But the overall sin in this world, sin that broke the relationship between God and his creation, that allows for suffering, pain, and loss, is sin. You know, it's not just our own personal sins, but it's all the sin in this world. It's corporate sin, sin that came into this world through Adam and Eve. You know, perhaps the sin of a friend who will falsely blame someone for their situation in life. Or the sin of thinking that we know that who God is, that we know exactly what the heart of God is. It's that hubris oftentimes that causes the situations. You know, Zophar held the belief that many of us hold as well in today's world. You know, we might hold it subconsciously, uh, but many of us believe that if we do good things in life, that if we help others more, if we do more, then good things should happen to us, that we deserve it. That because we have done these good things, you know, in faith and in Christianity, uh, that we deserve to be rich and blessed, and we are able to receive all these material blessings in this world. We deserve it because we are good. But Job reminds us that that is not the case. You know, in Luke chapter 15, uh, Jesus tells us the parable of the prodigal son. And our focus is usually on the younger brother, uh, the foolishness and the wastefulness that he actually uh, did in that story. But the better name for this story is not the parable of the prodigal son, but it's the parable of the two brothers. Because the older brother is just as important in this story. And though the older brother did not waste his father's inheritance, he too possessed an impure heart. He was not motivated by love and duty and service. That's not the reason why he served so well in his father's house. But he had that same misbelief that Zophar had, that by being good, that he deserved all the blessings. Now that is the essence of sin, thinking that you are capable of something on your own, that the world should operate the way that you think it should, that you have full control over everything. You know, Zophar calls for Job to repent, and it makes sense. We should be repenting. Uh, we should align our hearts with God. We should not allow evil to enter our tents. But it's not the root cause of Job's pain. You know, we don't repent just so we could receive some blessings from God. We repent and we obey out of our love and our desire to be with God once again, to stand right in Him. That has to be our motivation. That has to drive us, not our desire to be, quote-unquote, blessed again. You know, secondly, what this passage shows us is that we also need to be able to love one another, you know, even at the cost of being wrong. Job was in pain, Job was suffering, in this case, not of his own doing. But even if it was something that he caused himself, his friend Zophar ought to have looked on Job's pain with sympathy and empathy and love and concern. You know, it shouldn't be just blaming and recrimination after another. It should be love that Zophar should have showed his brother. You know, love begins with humility. It means that when we see our brother or sister in need, it's not for us to rebuke them. It's not to say, hey, it's your fault that this is happening, even if it might be, uh, but instead to be able to serve 
them with love and humility and to be able to help them to seek God once again in their situations. And one of the sad truths that we have in our church world is that many people turn away from God. Many people leave the church, uh, not because of who God is or Jesus is. You know, that's all great. Everyone agrees with that. But because someone in the church had hurt them in a very sensitive moment, when someone said to them, uh, not with love, but shared with them pain and suffering and added to that. You know, some people who professed to love them ended up judging them and shaming them. And that's why people leave the church. It's a sad truth. And therefore, we must once again be reminded of love. You know, we are here because Christ loves us. We are here because Christ called someone to love us and invited us to come to church, to come to faith. So as we remember that grace that Christ has showed us, let us too learn to love others. And I pray that everyone here today, uh, in the presence of happiness and joy, in the presence of suffering and pain, whatever it may be, that we are able to share the love of Jesus Christ, that we are able to remember it, uh, that we understand that we are here only because of that love. And let us never, ever uh, waste an opportunity to show the love to a brother and sister. While we were still sinners, Christ chose us first, he came to us first, he loved us first, and he saved us. And we are all sinners in need of a savior. You know, whether you've grown up in the church or you have no knowledge of the name of Jesus Christ, it does not matter. We all need Christ. So today, let us look upon our own sins and repent. And let us look upon what our savior has done for us and be able to respond with love and be able to respond by loving others as well. Let us all pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for reminding us once again of how much you love us, and also that we are always in need of a Savior, that we are sinful, that we are weak, uh, but because we are weak, we are able to rely on you even more. Uh, Lord, we pray that throughout this day, whatever we are facing, uh, that we are able to trust in you more, that we are able to seek you more. And when we are faced with the opportunity to be able to share that love, especially with someone that is truly in need, uh, let us be able to show that love that you have first showed us. Lord, we thank you for this message, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see